Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. Patrick Conley, glad to be with you again. Great interview with Tom Halden we just had, and now we turn the page to Dale Alquist, who's with us. I'm sure the name is familiar to many of you. He's one of the most respected G.K. Chesterton scholars in the world, and he's president of the Society of Gilbert Keith Chesterton. He's also the co-founder of Chesterton Academy, a classic high school in Minneapolis, which has been rated one of the top 50 Catholic high schools in the nation, and he is the president of the Chesterton Schools Network, which now includes 18 high schools in the U.S., Canada, and Italy. He and his wife, Laura, live in Minneapolis, and they have six children. Dale, welcome back to the program. God bless you, Patrick. Great to be with you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. So glad that you can join us, and so so wonderful. I mean, just having you on the program, Dale, there's so many things that we could talk about, uh, but... I think we want to focus a little bit on uh, this recent appointment. Why don't you give us a little bit of insight into uh, what happened between you and the White House here? Yeah, you know, you don't always pick up your phone when people call, right? Uh, <laughs> That's true. You don't always do that, right? <laughs> say, well, just let that one go to voicemail. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, for some reason, I saw in Washington, D.C., I said, well, you know, they might be selling something. It could be, you know, an insurance salesman. But I, I went ahead and said... Uh, Hello. You're going to uh, roll the dice on that one. All right. Yeah. And the guy says he's from, he's calling from the White House, from the Office of Presidential Personnel. It starts explaining that. Um, Did you hang up right, me... right then at that point? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah sure mean, you are. I heard the explanation right away about <laughs> what it was. And then, you know, I finally said, okay, wait, who is this? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh huh. And they had to start all over again. But uh, it was um, it was obviously just a totally unexpected honor, great uh, great honor. But what happens is that the uh, you know at the uh, throughout the uh, the president's term, he's he's always filling vacancies uh, with different presidential appointments. Um, when someone's uh, term comes to an end, or mm-hmm. or for whatever reason that someone uh, leaves a post, and this. Uh, this position that I was being appointed to, I was replacing uh, a person who had been appointed by President Obama uh, four years ago, and that that term had come to an end, and I was uh, filling it. And it's the board of uh, the National Board of Education Sciences, which is a an independent body uh, in um, in the uh, Department of Education that really evaluates. Um, all the da- the data and statistics of uh, of our schools in in the United States, and uh, mm. really will have uh, some great privileged information. And it's a voting body that makes recommendations, and uh, hopefully do something to start fixing a horrible, horrible problem mm-hmm. with our with our schools today. Yeah. And it, it was just really something because. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that President Trump has no idea who I am, but obviously someone in, in his White House was recognizing the work that was being done by the, the Chesterton Schools Network, yeah. the work that, that we've done with Chesterton Academy, and that was just a real boost. That was really marvelous. Well, that's what I was going to ask, is that how how did they come across your name? Was it, you, You're pretty sure, I mean, I would imagine it was through the Chesterton Schools Network that somebody knew yeah, what no, was going it, on. It, it was so someone who knew somebody who knew somebody um, you know, uh, right. was was familiar with the work I'd done with, with Chesterton Academy uh, here in the Twin Cities and uh, and then the, the Chesterton Schools Network. So you know Chesterton Academy, uh, which is the, the flagship school of of the Chesterton Schools Network, um, you know it's a very cl- uh, classical Catholic uh, curriculum and 
you know, we, we emphasize the arts and, and philosophy and complete thinking along with, um, you know, the things that, uh, probably are expected to be taught in school, like math and science. We, we do all that too, but, uh, but what's missing from most uh, school curriculums is how to think and, and mm. teaching reason. And, and then, of course, uh, giving it meaning by teaching faith and, and faith and reason going together. But also the arts, which have really been neglected and just kind of left as a, uh, you know, an elective that if some students feel artistic, they could take those classes. Whereas we teach all our kids how to paint and draw and all of them get on stage and act and all of them. Are required to sing in the choir for four years. It's right. just a great artistic uh, development, which is important for the soul. Right. And uh, yeah, and Without, so the, you, 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 in your introduction, you, you said that there are uh, eighteen schools, but there's actually thirty schools now in the Chesterton School. Well, I need to update my yeah. bio information here, don't <laughs> I? Thirty. Yeah, you just someone's giving you bad information there, Patrick. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thirty schools now. We'll probably have another. Uh, ten to fifteen, starting within the next two years, and and they're they're all over the place. Yeah, it's amazing. I yeah. Oh, well, do I, do I have the U.S., Canada, and Italy right? Are there any other countries yet? <laughs> well, there are some other countries uh, ta- talking to us, oh. uh, and so I, it could very well be that there'll be some other surprising countries added to that list. And I mean, surprising. Okay. <laughs> Chesterton Academy, Antarctica. I can see it coming now. Yeah, that's great. All right. So uh, you 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 intimated there uh, that you that this is a practical board. Obviously, this is not just this is not an honorary uh, board nomination or or appointment. But there is you know there's expected some work to be done. So what are the next steps for you, Dale? Yeah. So I would be going to Washington D.C. Uh, twice a year for uh, for meetings of this board and. Uh, we get uh, we evaluate a bunch of reports coming from the uh, Department of Education, and uh, and you know ed- really it's the education resource research arm of the Department of of Education. So we we really would be looking at school performances, at what is being um, you know what is being used as a technique for teaching and how it's evaluated and. Uh, you know all all the things that we sit around and complain about. Well, I would be possibly <laughs> able to do something about it. Wow. Well, that's that's great, and uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad it's you, not me. But uh, there's certainly uh, there certainly are. Well, actually, why don't you go into that a little bit? What do you see as some of the major? I mean, it's the the list is long. I know, but some of the major yeah. problems confronting our educational system in the country today. Well, you know, um, the reason we started Chester Academy in the first place, Patrick, is because um, I think the whole philosophy of public education is the wrong one. It's um, it's a, it's what Chesterton prophesied himself a hundred years ago. It's the separation of everything from everything else, and so each uh, subject is taught in its own airtight compartment or department. Yep. And so you don't get a comprehensive view of anything. You don't understand how one thing relates to another. And when children are taught in fragments, they start thinking in fragments. And if you've listened to them talk lately, they talk in fragments. Yep. And uh, so there needs to be a, a, a much more cohesive and comprehensive approach to education. But we've just succeeded in atomizing it and you know, just disintegrating it. And uh, hopefully 
that is a kind of recommendation that we start to make. I, I, the problem is that we we try to specialize too quickly with students mm-hmm. um, rather than giving them a, a general education, you know, and developing their their whole uh, mind and, uh, rather than just one specific part of it where they tend to be showing some interest. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think the, uh, the, the, the other thing is that we, we just don't really have good standards really to, to measure anything anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Chester says, if you change the standard, you know, how, how do you, how do you me- measure it? If you change the size of the ruler, you're not measuring anything anymore. <laughs> well, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So let me pitch you one right down the middle here. So uh, in terms of, you mentioned, you made mention of, you know, we specialize too early with, with children. What are the merits of offering a generalized education rather than specializing at a, at a young age? Well, um, you know, at the young age, uh, a child really is curious about everything. And the, the thing to do is to, to feed that wide-ranging curiosity. Mm-hmm. Rather than um, you know starting to limit it too soon, and so uh, but the more that they develop all their skills in thinking, their their artistic side, their calculating side, um, their abstract side, uh, if they, that that's what put, makes them into a whole person, so that they they'll be able to be problem solvers their whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that's that's what's missing in in a lot of the, the curriculum that we see, right. What are, what are this what's the significance that you see in you as as clearly not only a man of faith but also uh, one who is promoting the role of faith within education? What's the significance to you being appointed to this position, which I presume, as it's a governmental position, is by and large secular? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's engaging the faith on a in a in the public square. I know that somebody you know just being appointed that you you are doing that, um, but clearly, I mean. We know that you're going to carry your faith and your philosophy of education that is that is born of that faith into that sort of uh, into that that realm. What uh, what's the significance of that? Do you think? Yeah, that'll be interesting to see because uh, you know I will hopefully be able to to take a a, a stand uh, for the importance of being able to teach the faith mm-hmm. and. Um, and so there has to be a way for schools to accommodate uh, belief as as part of the, the development of a person. And if that is always, uh, per, you know, it's just prohibited from being part of the discussion and part of the development, you, you really are, um, you know, interfering with the wholeness of the person. And so, you know, I'll be trying to, you know, be making a good case for why traditionally faith is something that's taught along with everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there's a way to do it too, even in, in a, a, a mixed setting and a, in a secular setting. And I could, I think it could be done without violating the constitution or anyone's human dignity. But mm-hmm. I think you're, you're going to be more respectful of, of faith itself when the hear you hear a case for it being presented. Right. I mean, right now, think about it. We're, we're, the 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 philosophy that's being taught is a is an atheistic philosophy right. because it it prohibits God from being taught at all. Right. Yeah, that never made much sense to me per, personally. Of course, you know, being a man of faith too, I I would be. Uh, I guess it would be if it didn't. If it did make sense, then there there might be a problem there. But uh, I guess <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is is that there's. Uh, 
that faith, even if it's not explicitly the Christian faith, but faith plays such a large role in so many families' lives across the world that it doesn't seem right to me. I mean, you're clearly, you're espousing and you're evangelizing, so to speak, from an atheistic perspective when you fail to acknowledge it um, and and much less feed it in terms of a, of an educational model. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you, you you wouldn't mind if I quote G.K. Chesterton, would you, Patrick? I would I would be offended if you did not. <laughs> I mean, he said, you know, that freedom of speech is supposed to mean that everyone is free to discuss their religion, but in practice it means that no one is even permitted to mention it. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> How many uh, people serve on this National Board of Education Sciences with you? Uh, I understand it's, it's between 11 and 15, and uh, I've started to do some research on it, and um, they're, they're all sound like very impressive people, so I, I, sh- I should have a very interesting <laughs> time. I will, I will you should have definitely. a field day is what you should have, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, yeah, so it, it'll, be, it'll be very interesting. Fortunately, I have, uh, you know how God prepares you for everything you, you do. I, uh, yeah. I, my my background in my former life includes uh, spending about six or seven years as a lobbyist, and mm. uh, I used to do that before I started the Chesterton Society. And uh, you know, it's it's not something that you openly admit to, but I just did it on on, on the radio. Uh, <laughs> but but fortunately, you know, I had an experience in in Washington D.C. that really taught me a lot about how the town works, and. Um, I'm glad to you know, go in having had that experience because uh, it'll help uh, get the stars out of my eyes right away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, we are grateful that you are the one that is uh, that is headed off, and with your experience as well as again your your deep faith and your knowledge and your uh, experience, not only in D.C. but also with education as well and young people. So, uh, is there anything that you're most looking forward to, Dale, in this in this new appointment? Well, I I do hope it'll uh, you know provide a platform to to talk about the great virtues of of classical education and truth, beauty, and goodness because yeah. that's what we uh, we teach at our school. And I think there's a, a wonderful grassroots revival that's taking place uh, with that, especially with a, a Catholic classical education. And I think um, I think this will lead to good things. I'm sure there'll be some. Some nice opposition along the way, but I'll just ask for everyone's prayers. Absolutely, and we give them to you freely. Thank you so much for being with us on the program today. Dale Alquist, a recent appointee of the National Board of Education Sciences. As always, great to talk with you, Dale. God bless you, and thank you for all of your good work. You as well, Patrick. God bless. All right.